0: Cinnabuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Pizza Man. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking, buddies, about, talking about
1: cinema. Oh. Hey, hello,
0: hi, hi, hi. from 88.9, Radio right Milwaukee. I am Justin Barney
1: from Milwaukee Film. I'm Christopher Pollard.
0: Together, we are. Cinnabuds. And today, we are talking about the new Nicolas Cage movie, Pig. I'm looking for a truffle pig. Someone stole her. I don't understand. Tell me you are.
1: You made the right choice, being out there in the woods. There's nothing here for you anymore.
0: Pig really is... A movie starring Nicolas Cage as a reclusive truffle farmer
1: who in the first scene... (laughs) Is there any other kind of truffle farmer?
0: (laughs) In the first scene, has his pig stolen away from him. And then for the rest of the movie, he must enact his revenge and get his pig back. But kind of unlike many other unhinged nicholas cage performances this one is surprisingly hinged uh nicholas cage really underplays this role the whole thing takes place in portland's underground (laughs) culinary scene it's
1: a funny setting
0: (laughs) i know it's kind of wild it's kind of fantastical it's Kind of a revenge movie, but also there's a lot of heart. I think if Anthony Bourdain wrote a movie, it would be pig. I can see that. Kay Polly. What did you think of pig?
1: I really, really liked pig looking at the body of Nicolas Cage's work. This is the kind of movie he drops in once every seven or eight films. Every seven yeah. or eight, then you get one of these genuinely good ones. Yeah, maybe higher. I might go higher. Of that. <laughs> I,
0: I, you know, he's been making four movies a year for like the past decade. So I'd give a I would say like once every, you know, 15 to 20.
1: Yeah, somewhere in there. We'll do the math later. I
0: think that this is more than a Nicolas Cage movie. I I think that Pig is the best movie I've seen all year. Wow. I was moved. I was moved by Pig. Pig made me want to be a better person. (laughs) Pig made me want to... Do my job better. It made me want to feel more. It made me question my intentions
1: of what I'm doing with my life. I want to say that it sounds like you're talking about a new religion you found. Pig makes you feel inside, pig makes you want to (laughs) elevate to the next plane.
0: I am telling you, I, uh, I, this movie moved me like to my core. It it was. I it, I I have not been as in love with the movie as I was. I was just so not expecting it. I absolutely loved Pig more than anything.
1: I can't wait to dig in on your new perspective on the afterlife. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in the podcast. But if I may be so bold yeah. in the podcast, we're also going to talk about some exciting new developments in Milwaukee. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Yeah, the uh the Oriental Theater reopened. Yay! Yay! Yeah. yeah, we're very excited because the Oriental Theater has finally reopened and showing yes. movies again. And we I do I would love to talk about and it looks
0: kind of different. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, the renovations. There's a lot of renovations have happened and it's beautiful in there. I've been very lucky to be able to go back in there. We had a couple of special events. But we're going to talk about some of the films that are playing there and some of the renovations just to give you a sneak peek. But um, before you head back in.
0: All right. We're going to talk about all that right when we come back. Stick around. Support for CineBuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC.
1: If now isn't quite the right time for a monetary contribution to support Radio Milwaukee, keep in mind you can always donate a vehicle you no longer need. Cars, trucks, motorcycles, we accept all types. Pickup is easy, and your gift could be worth hundreds of dollars in support. That's hours of music and stories for you to enjoy. Get your donation started at radiomilwaukee.org slash cars.
0: Okay, and we are back, Christopher.
1: Praise be to Pig. I feel weird because you liked it. I liked it a lot. But you clearly liked it on a next level. And now I feel like my comments are going to just seem like, like Christopher doesn't really seem to like the movie that much. No, I like it a lot, but I just I have I have my same worldview as I had before.
0: <laughs> right. And I do not. Mine, yeah, mine have shifted. Mine yeah, are different.
1: Uh, that's great.
0: I, I, I'm not sure like where to start with this. I, I So I, uh, I will start with I think the, the biggest thing that hit me is that Pig is about. The nature of truth Wow <laughs> I, I mean uh, I can just yeah.
1: see Sitting on the top of a hill Gathering some people around you On a blanket to talk about the new truth I'm really worried A little bit Yeah, it. you're right I get it
0: I mean, I think that ultimately Nick Cage's character He is like the he is like the greatest critic, you know, he like he sees the truth in every person. He sees the truth in what people right. are doing and he wants to do things for the greater good he wants to do things because they are what is right they are not what is easy he wants to dream the impossible dream he wants to fight the unbeatable foe he wants to (laughs) bear with unbearable (laughs) sorrow he wants to go with a brave dare not go
1: we're gonna have to put you in a van and we're gonna have (laughs) to take you somewhere safe
0: I mean, uh, maybe it's because I've been reading so much Don Quixote. I mean,
1: he <laughs> is... Uh, it's because I've been reading so much L. Ron Hubbard lately that <laughs> yeah. I just because feel Kate, connection.
0: He is the man of La Mancha. You know, he... Um, you know, there is four... I, I, you know, it's it's it, and it's a character that's been played before. He is this, like... He is a gruff man who has been wronged by the worlds. He has gone into the woods to you know forget the life that has wronged him and now he has a reason to go back in yeah. and the like the ultimate reason is because he you know the you know the world had become too much to bear and he you know yeah. he he is living his truth which is doing something slow And meaningful for all the right reasons and he got out of the hype and he got out of doing everything in order to be who he is and to do what makes him happy and that is and then he goes back and enters into this society and then this the society that they build is also i think really cool i mean this is a movie about food there are so few movies that center around food. And not only is it about food, it is about like the culinary scene at its kind of like at its Bordéniest, I think,
1: where it's like, like some of like the best and the worst in the movie too. Like you see yeah. some of the more nonsensical frou-frou stuff that's doesn't have a lot of meaning, but then you see his take his like, understanding he remembers these meals that were special to people and he puts love into it
0: yes and his like his his memory and his care is such a part of the movie and a reminder of everybody and and kind of like everyone he interacts with and that's like also a thing that I love about this movie is that it is this like revenge thriller and he has played many people seeking their revenge and usually when you have somebody seeking their revenge they're doing it with their fists
1: you know well no. i want to and... take i want to take quick issue because I'm, I'm not really sure is there actual revenge he's seeking he's just trying to find his pig. he's just
0: trying to get his pig back
1: yeah yeah. i don't i because this this was a confusion i had because a lot of people were saying it's like john wick but with a pig instead of a dog and the interesting thing and then and the thing that people are surprised by when they watch it is that it, in a very loose way that's true. It's a man who's trying to stay on his own but he gets sucked back into this world because someone took his pet essentially right uh, But the fu- the surprising thing is when you get into his adventure trying to get his pig back is that it's not it's not super violent. There's a couple scenes of physical violence but really very little and it's really not about revenge. it's it's he just wants his pig. And, and he's going to True. extensive. Ex- he's going to like uh, these lengths to to get this pig back, and it's actually kind of sweet. Like he, it is sweet. even a terrible person, even somebody who you would call maybe the villain of this film. He actually it's, treats with kindness at some point. He like tries to like help him realize get his humanity back
0: yes i i i think that it's like an the,
1: anti-revenge thriller almost
0: so such a great way to put it because i i think that that is like what i loved about this and 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 honestly like what loses me about so many action movies is that like they do it like through fighting and instead he saw through to every single person's humanity and yeah. uh, all the character development in this movie was so great. Like he starts. That's true. A, the details. You
1: know, it, the details are really what make this film. And the that the like because you're tricked. You're tricked into thinking it is an action revenge. There's very little action. Yeah. Very little revenge. It is what it is. It's a kind of a low key adventure. Like low caliber, but high concept adventure film.
0: Right. Be- and th- and that's why I was like confused as to where to start because like. At its heart, it's about understanding people yeah. and understanding motives, and uh, you know, doing what's true to you, and kind of like guised in this real kind of like gruff, uh, you know, restaurant industry faux thriller. And, yeah. and 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 one thing that I loved is the character development and all of it. So it's like Nicolas yeah. Cage is at the center as you know, gruff. Recluse, and then there is Alex wolf is kind of is the you know is the is the supporting actor. Almost he like plays the sidekick. He's like a is sidekick, the, right? And he plays this young. He drives up in a Lamborghini. He's wearing all this like fancy clothes, and he is a, a young, rich restaurateur. And immediately, you're made to think this guy, you know, is kind of like the epitome of like LA culture and he is frivolous. And, uh, and then, and even like Nicholas Cage's character does not care for him or think that he's worthy of respect. And then the movie builds on that relationship and unravels and shows his humanity and shows, you know, I think a really hard thing to do to write a character is to like show where they are, at their center and the reasons for why they are the way that they are. And this movie really got to the core of each person that is introduced into this movie. Even the restaurant tour that my favorite scene is where he goes to that restaurant, that fancy Fon Fon restaurant. I was
1: going to say that that is a scene that really is, because there are some surprises in this movie. That's why. And I think we're both speaking very uh, yeah. carefully about this movie because I don't want to spoil some of the really mm. lovely surprises in this movie. I, I wouldn't even call them twists. I think they're just nice surprises. But yeah, that scene is where that you're about to describe is where you really start to feel who Nicolas Cage is in this movie.
0: Cause he really, you know, there's a scene where he he goes to a fancy restaurant and then he talks to the chef. And and even though it is like, he talks to the chef for you know the 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 guy is in the film for three minutes, yeah, you know, four minutes, yeah. and immediately you understand who he is. You understand the moves of what he is doing, and then you understand you know who he is at his core. Yeah, in three minutes, that, I mean that is incredible. Incredible writing. The the person that wrote this is Vanessa Block. This is like her first, her first major writing role. She wrote The Testimony, which was a documentary short, but that's it. This is the first major movie that she has written. And she just did an incredible job of incorporating and bringing in these characters and uh, giving motive and, uh, you know, perspective to each one of them and conveying it in a way that was like clear and had an arc. And it, it was each character moved me to my core. Each scene moved me to my core. I mean, it was... And, and it was, and it was soft and romantic, you know, it was, it was, it was a romance at its core, you know, it was so full of heart at its core, but then it was surrounded. <laughs> kind of, like, all this is a classic,
1: man loses up. pig, man hey, finds pig, man loses pig, man finds pig. The, uh, the thing, the phrase that I love and I think about all the time, my friend Connor uh, said this to me originally. Is called economy of character. And it refers to like how you can really get to the core of a character in a very short and precise amount of time. Um, Unreal, And that is a perfect example in that scene where you see this chef come out very proud and, and then be kind of kind of broken down in a very friendly way and then built back up a little bit all within, like you said, three minutes and you see what his, Motivation is at the beginning, you see what it was in the in his past, and you kind of get a glimpse of how, how he's going to go forward in three minutes. Yeah, that is that is a very impressive thing to be able to do without seeming like shoehorned in real quick, because a lot of times people will talk about like, oh, these these side characters and they're just sort of like a, kind of throwaway one note characters. Because you don't have a lot of time to build them up, but if you can build them, in, like this isn't even a character; this is essentially an appearance, a, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. So it's it, it, it's a thing that you ultimately shouldn't notice in a film. It should it should be impressive, but you sh- it, it, it's only when you go back and start deconstructing, you're like, oh, you know, not even notice they did this because it was so fluid and perfect. Yeah, and then that's what's I so love- amazing about it.
0: And then I, I loved that the whole thing was, was couched on Portland's culinary underground. And it is like this culinary underground is, is, is darker than it is in real life. And you and kind of like all of these characters, you know, the volumes turned up on all of them, which is like, which is how you get that, like that economy of character. Like you, these, these these aren't like real people. These aren't like real characters, but they have real feelings and emotions. And there is. So much of them is tied to reality, but like for the sake of the plot, they're in this like culinary underground. And I love that the whole thing was, was couched on, you know, Portland's food scene. So often in these movies, they are, you know, working for the government. They are, they like have some kind of like secret job that is nebulous and that you never partake in. And I love that this also played on the, you know, the valor of the kitchen. The, you know, and and the the camaraderie and the the brotherhood of making great food for the sake of making great food. I That's just a thing that you never get in movies either that I loved.
1: They also love, and as you know, I say this a lot. I love that this is focused on Portland like, as, a, as the backdrop, the Total. setting, and Instead it's not New York, New York, L.A., Chicago. It's not one of those because it could easily could have been, and it's just – just highlight a different city. And I always love it. I actually am so hyper aware of it that when I hear the name of the, the place they're at, I'm like, yeah, put it on my list. Yeah. Because it's just it's so such it's so refreshing. And you can see it like I've been to Portland a couple times. And there's a point where they're going through like these food, uh, uh food truck kind of courts. Oh, yeah. And I remember that from being there. That was the first time I'd ever seen that. So it was and it was a really good taste. I assume it was shot there, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I was there like a month ago, and uh, I was like, I think that I went through this one, you know. Yeah. And even even <laughs> yeah. if it, it wasn't, even if it wasn't shot there, it looked like you know the it 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 could have been, you know. Really right. great job.
1: Exactly, but yeah, the, this film. Uh, I want to also call out Adam Arkin, who I am a big fan of. His I only see him here and there, and I haven't seen him in a long time, but I really think he's a great, uh, a really good actor. And his his dad is Alan Arkin, who's like. A legend Uh, But he's really good And he's perfect for this Because he plays a villain And like you said It's not like this huge Like it's not like The government or the mafia But he plays this villain That's on par with Like a mafia boss But he's just a restaurateur I mean he's He has the tone And demeanor And and the dialogue You'd expect from A made man A boss A crime boss But he has this Threatening air uh, but I'm like, but you rent restaurants. Why is this so sinister?
0: Yes. Uh, and, it's, and, it's, but- it's
1: really funny. It's like uh, not f- out loud funny, but like funny. It gives, adds this strange humorous tone to it.
0: Yeah. And you know all of his motivations, you know, you like and you and you also know why they're wrong. You know, yeah. he there's a couple of things that he does. And you and you think, you know, he does something that is befitting of his character. And you think, oh, he's seeing that. He's misreading that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like to to know a character is misreading something about their own life in a movie? What? How like how many movies are able to do that? I, I mean the 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 writing in this movie was just I, I mean, it was incredible.
1: I think this is gonna be this year's Roma where you never stop talking about pig. You're gonna talk about
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It I is. was going to
1: compare this movie. I was going to compare this movie to um, First Cow." First Cow.
0: Oh, a very, very similar.
1: And I was, I was worried when I was going to compare it to it that it's, it's similar, but it's not the same. Ta- you know, I mean, uh, they're not exactly the same, but they they're not f- exactly. have a, they have a similar feeling. Afterwards. They rhyme. and not just because, yeah, not just because they're both centered around a farm animal. Right. But but partially. But not not uh, because of that. <laughs> not because of it, but also they are set to run a farm <laughs> right. animal. I do appreciate that. I also do want to call out that I loved this pig. I get why he chased this pig. This pig is you fall in love with this pig in the first there's, 5 minutes of the movie.
0: There's then there's a scene where something happens and he just says because I love her.
1: Yeah. <laughs> was like, he loves this <sighs> pig. Cage. You
0: know, I thought I thought we were gonna go into this movie and I thought it was gonna be I thought we were gonna bush right past it and I thought that we were gonna have a fun time talking about Nicolas Cage's career. Yeah. And uh, I thought that this was a Nicolas Cage movie, Nicolas Cage first, but this is a movie first and Nicholas Cage does a great job in it. And I yeah. am so pleased that I came out wanting to talk about the movie more than I wanted to talk about Nick
1: Cage's, yeah. Cage's career arc. Somebody talked about his career as being, he either makes memes or he occasionally make a movie. Yeah. And this is not a meme. There's nothing in here that should be a meme. This is like a real film that he was in adaptation. Um, You know, you get these films that, Af, you know, out of yep. all the straight to Netflix ones, then you occasionally get these like moments from him. And I don't I, you're right. I kind of after the seeing this, I don't feel like it's necessary to dig into that conversation again, though I do. I am fascinated and I do like to see that he's not let go of this. Like, I do, I do too. Because yeah. I
0: watched, I watched a bunch of movies, uh, uh Nicholas Cage movies this week, knowing that we were going to talk about this. Yeah. Um. Just, just to like do a little survey and see where he's at. And I watched *Raising Arizona*, which, like, talk about economy of character. You had mentioned that earlier. Yeah. There is nobody, nobody that does economy of character like the Coen Brothers. I mean, those. True. It's like from the second you see the person, you know what's going on. That movie is yeah, so great. great, great detail,
1: they've got great. I mean, yeah. costumes and makeup even add to it. They really know how to set somebody up right away.
0: And he was great in that. Uh, then I watched a movie called Outcast that came out maybe three or four years ago. That is yeah. set in medieval times, and Nicholas oh, Cage. Yeah does a british accent throughout the entire movie and but it does has, he
1: but does has, he
0: oh no he does not <laughs> it has got to be the worst nick cage performance <laughs> of all time i mean it is just it is so off-putting yeah. and, and so it, 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 and they're like in uh, in, this, in these like costumes that are like in the Middle Ages and every single time Nick Cage is on the screen, it just takes you right out of the movie. Oh, yeah.
1: It's interesting because you go – I think everyone does this, I bet. They're like, I'm going to watch one of those bad Nicolas Cage movies on Netflix because it will be funny because it's a Nicolas Cage movie. I did exactly the same thing you did. I, I forgot what the film was called but it was essentially a truck driver gets involved with a woman who can – kind of see the future <laughs> and it was like franca potente who was in run lola run how her yeah. career has gone to a different path is very sad um but i watched about 20 maybe 30 minutes and i just kept looking and going this isn't even bad in a fun way this is bad in a, I, i'm angry that it's here it would I seem know. like a student film the dialogue was real clunky it was like the story was pushed <laughs> jarringly along yeah. um so yeah, I but I love it's. I mean, the reality of it. Reading about Nicolas Cage is that he owes he owes a lot of money to people. I think he had a very had has a very extravagant lifestyle. Yeah, he bought castles, plural, an island. Uh, I think I think like dinosaur bones, like all these really uh, over the top eccentric things. Uh, he spent way too much money, even though he had a ton of money, and then he started owing money he you know all this stuff so it it very clearly it I mean not clearly but it very seems very obvious that he needs to make a lot of money he needs to keep that revenue coming in to I mean either pay off or continue his extravagant lifestyle
0: I looked at the the I was like when did he start doing so many movies and it's really like 2007 he starts doing four movies a year and it's like It's like, what even are these movies? Literally four movies a year since 2007 or like around that. And it is just like they're they're relentless and and non-stopping and and also not even fun. You know, I I did did the same thing where I watched. I was like, this will be be fun bad. No.
1: You Uh, you have to really dig for the fun bad ones because they're few and far between these days. He's also been married like five times. So Mm. and – I'm sure he's not super good with his money, so he's paying out a lot of money, I'm sure. (laughs) So I'm just saying there's probably some very practical reasons he needs to just keep plowing through. But what I like amongst all that is that you still see him occasionally. He'll do a movie that you know is for the love of that movie. And I feel like you can even feel it when you're watching it. In, in what he does, even if it is like something like Mandy, which is that wheelhouse that you expect really over the top. But that's and, a high and quality if you, movie.
0: Yes. If you have not seen Mandy, Mandy is the best one that he did before this and was also both of our favorite movie of the year. And whatever
1: movie. yeah, it, movie that was. it was a phenomenon. It was, it was it something was. I was I'm glad that Mandy came into my life as you are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, too. And yeah. It's like it's wild that. That was our favorite movie of 2018, and this will probably my, be my favorite movie this year. And it's like Nicolas Cage has just done so many stinkers. And then, you know,
1: once I will every say
0: five years, yeah, my favorite movie. I know.
1: I will say Nick Cage, out of all the Hollywood celebrities, is the most likely to start a cult. Definitely. Like, and I think the most likely to successfully do so.
0: Yeah. But Clearly. also, like, to. You know, I do want to give the writers credit because I think that oh, even, for sure. like, Nicolas Cage's performance was was great and understated. And he did a great job of that. But it would have been nothing without uh, Vanessa Block, who wrote it. And then Michael Sarnowski, who's the director, who also this is his first feature length. Yeah, I mean, I know. the first feature length directing movie uh, directorial debut and the, you know, the debut yeah. of this screenwriter, Melissa Block. I mean. Absolutely incredible work!
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's on Amazon right now, I believe.
0: Yeah, it was on Amazon for like six bucks. Worth every freaking penny. That's right. All right, pig,
1: go see it. Go see it. I wish it but, but, would but,
0: come to okay. the Oriental Theater, which is now open. <laughs> oh,
1: good segue. Oh, Expertly segued, my friend.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Have you been yet?
0: I have. I actually went the day oh, before oh, like
1: everybody right. else went. Because oh, that's right. that's right. I got to see uh, Deep Woods. Yeah, it opened on Friday. So it's only been open for a few days. Uh, but already, it's so nice to see people back in there. Um, We had a couple of events, like one you mentioned you went to before it opened, and it was just people were genuinely emotional coming back in.
0: Oh, my God, dude. And it, it was. Yeah, I went to my first concert yesterday, too, and I was like, yeah, I know everyone is like, wow, it's amazing to be back. And it's just like kind of it's like boring to hear people be like. It's great, <laughs> you know. But yeah, but, but, you feel but exactly also like the when same you're way. in it, I
1: feel exactly <laughs> same way. Like, I just
0: get I'm like. Yeah, I I am happy like being in the Oriental. Y'all did a great job of like lighting the ceiling, and you had talked about that before. Yeah. Uh, but, but like lighting the ceiling was so great, and and all the like little changes. It's like one of those things that like uh, people in Milwaukee are very precious about, and are like. You're like, oh, we're doing renovations to the Oriental Theater. And everyone's like, don't you freaking touch that
1: thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's uh, renovation versus like, uh, renov uh, re- restoration. You know what, actually, with restoration. That's what we like to say. Because honestly, nothing is being uh, other than like seats that you could put your hand through and touch the floor. Uh, <laughs> there's very little. We're mostly just making sure everything is running well, looks beautiful, and Doesn't put have back to how to it, it, it used to be, even. Yeah. yeah. We did change the seats. We had to change the seats and that is – they're wonderful and they have these great end plates with the logo on it that look very classy. Um, there's also uh, new carpeting and exer- – but you're right. The I think one of the jewels is that – it's called the medallion, which is on the root – on the ceiling of the main house, which you could see clearly for like the first time since I've been here.
0: Yeah. I remember like looking up at it during movies and be like, yeah. what is that thing up there? But right. And – And it is like, it's bright, but the thing is like the theater is so big that, and it's like lit perfectly where it's, it's like, that is just bright. And the theater is still like dark somehow.
1: Yeah. The lighting is so like, there were so many lights that were just not in use and not like bright lights, just like mood lights, like colored lights and strategic ones. And then also that medallion was just dirty. To be very honest, it was very dirty. So now it is clean. Yeah. You can see all the colors and it there's going to be <clears throat> this beautiful light display that happens before the film starts on the ceiling that kind of slowly changes. And it will be very beautiful. That'll be what nice, a, too. Uh,
0: learning the medallion was. A fun I know. Riz. Yes. Is there is there anything other like cool know how or insight like that?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, there, uh, we I have been learning actually a lot about the icons in the oh, theater. Cool. Like what? So the Buddha, the Buddhas um have the the hand positions. There's like hundreds of different hand positions for Buddhas. They're called mudras. And the one that we have is very specific to like a blessing um and also there's a story about a Buddha who was being attacked by an intoxicated elephant. Okay. A charging intoxicated elephant. I don't know if that how that translates if it's intoxicated or whatever. But he puts up one hand to, to calm it and stop it. So it has a lot to do with fearlessness. It's just really cool stories that you've been learning about some of the icons and the images that you see in there. That is um,
0: awesome, especially since there's so many elephants in the theater. Yeah, oh.
1: there's hundreds of elephants everywhere. It all harkens back to this East Indian decor or East Asian decor, because it's not just Indian, East Asian decor. Uh, so it's really beautiful and really interesting to kind of learn about it. I'm still learning more, um, but the. Uh, yeah, it, it's really wonderful to go in there and just it's so freshened up. The Dude, I, sound I hear everything is that amazing. you learn.
0: If you like learn some kind of like fun oh, yeah.
1: thing, bring it I'll bring it out. We'll have a little history corner. Yeah. Uh but yeah, the sound, the sound, the projection is even better. Uh so it's it's wonderful. The in the next month or the following month, the uh upper balcony should be completely finished. And you can already kind of see the lighting up there is so much different because that was also almost pitch black.
0: And so what do you got screen right now? Should we watch something for next week
1: there? I would love to. I would love to. Yeah. We are showing Coda is our big film that was, came out. It was a big one at Sundance. Marley Matlin is in it. It's about this deaf family and one of their members of the family, a largely deaf family, not everyone, I believe. Um, and one of their members wants to sing. Um, it's this very touching, heart-wrenching story. I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, I cried, I cried, I cried. Uh, It's actually the the, everything we have right now is such a good selection because there's a variety. There's Coda, which is a very heartwarming, uh, lovely family film. Then you have uh, Ailey, which is a documentary about uh, Alvin Ailey, the famous dance uh, choreographer, which I love dance movies. So I was very excited about that. And then if you want a weird one, if you want a weirdo movie, we've got Crypto Zoo. Which is an animated film animated by Dash Shaw, who's a very famous uh, comic book, graphic novelist, uh, comic book artist. Uh, it's about a zoo, a cryptozoology zoo. That's like I see unicorns.
0: That it has the voices. Like that. It's got Michael Sarah, Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, yeah.
1: there's some so you've got a little weirdo movie, you've got something for the family, then you've got like an arty documentary profile of a dancer. All right, awesome. It's a really cool selection, and we've got some really great stuff coming up. Uh, I think Candyman. We're going to play Candyman at some point, uh, the new horror film, which will be fun. So I I don't know. I'm just very excited. I will say, and this is important, I also want to point out we are taking the safety protocols very seriously. We're partnering with a lot of organizations like ours around the city, and we are requiring that people who come to the Oriental Theater be vaccinated. uh, And they will, starting today, I believe, uh, as of this recording, they will – uh, need to show verification of vaccination or a recent negative COVID test. Yeah, for okay, seventy-two hours.
0: Not know that. So that's a
1: that's a new. I mean we we were asking that uh, originally, and everyone has to remain masked. But uh, we are also now going to be in. For, we have a we have a team there that can handle that as we go in starting on gotcha. Wednesday. Can which you? Is today.
0: That's a. I got to get used to carrying that around. Can you can you show a picture of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can show it on your you can, I, I took a picture on my phone of the front and back yeah. just to show people. And yeah. you'll just need to show your ID to match it up. And it, it shouldn't be too uh, overwhelming. It should be a pretty easy process.
0: Sick. Yeah.
1: Great. Not sick. That's what we want to do. That's what <laughs> we want. To, that's what we're enforcing.
0: Wow. <laughs> all right. I would do what, what else we're watching, but I only watched Nick Cage movies and we talked about all of them.
1: Yeah, I've I actually started watching White Lotus at your suggestion.
0: Oh, what do you think?
1: Uh, I enjoy it. It's really good. I I what, think.
0: How many episodes are you in?
1: I've just seen. Uh, I've actually just seen the first.
0: Okay, uh, but uh, I, I been, really didn't love the first two. So
1: I actually I didn't mind it. It was like it's setting me up, and then I'm also watching Nine Strangers, which is kind of similar, but has it's a but it's also about these kind of wealthy groups that go to this uh, spa, you know, so it's but it's got a different take on it's got um, Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy. And you know, all if you're going to have something out.
0: bad happen to a bunch of people, I think it's just like rich people is just the yeah.
1: like,
0: you know, who, who we care the least about right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm watching both of those. Nine Strangers is actually really good. I've seen the first three episodes. It's It's really intriguing. But yeah, I'm checking those out. Awesome. And as always, watching clips of Richard Iwati on YouTube. I think I finally accepted that I'm obsessed with Richard Iwati. I think I'm fine with it.
0: All right. Great. I did a thing where I was just watching Ted Danson on YouTube for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. That's,
1: that's very, <laughs> that, as the kids say, that's random.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's charming. So.
1: Yeah, I guess so. All right.
0: Cinnabuds, uh, please watch Pig.
1: Please watch Pig.
0: Please watch it. CineBuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez.
1: Oh!
0: We get handcrafted Sonic Inspiration from the License Lab. Fancy. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician and author, Brett Newski. The newsk and author. We, we get um, support from Associated Bank and Pizza Man. Not Namaste. And we also get support from our members from Milwaukee Film and 889 Radio Milwaukee.
1: Great to see you out in public again. So nice.
0: And uh, the truffle farmer to my pig. Thank you.
1: Wait a minute, <laughs> Pollard.
0: I, I made you the truffle farmer. I right am the
1: tr- I was like, I was tracking that. Like, am I the <laughs> truffle farmer? I am. I am the truffle farmer. Okay.
0: Am I mad Woo.
1: or not? <laughs> Woo, uh,